Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gavin Shaw of the Locked On Knicks podcast following a 105-96 to loss for the New York Knicks against the Golden State Warriors on a night where Steph Curry set the all-time NBA three-point record, Julius Randle's heroic performance with 31 points, and a fantastic debut for Deuce McBride were not quite enough for the Knicks to get the win. We will get into all that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes! Tucks and left. Now fires it. He's good! And he's fouled! It's tough! And he's fouled! Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I am your host, Gavin Shaw, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in today and making Locked On Knicks your first listen. Remember, we are on all platforms now, including, and you know this, if you can see my debatably handsome face on YouTube. And another heads up, this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. All right, guys, let's get into it. Once again, I am Gavin Shaw. Uh, you you know that if you're watching on YouTube, we have a little graphic that tells you. But I, either way, um, I'm a play-by-play broadcaster, and uh, I would normally be joined by Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, um, but it is his wedding anniversary. So everyone, send well wishes Alex's way. Uh, fun week for him. Um, and uh, yeah, fun week for me because I got to watch uh, Steph Curry break the all-time NBA three-point made record uh that was a that was a mouthful the, the all-time nba three-pointers record let's just let's just call it that um in msg um steph of course uh I, I don't know if you guys knew this but he was actually only one pick away from being a nick that was something that until last night where there were there were all these people in media sharing it out and tweeting it out i had never known that before so that was that was really cool to to learn though as, as friend of the show benji ridholtz point out jordan hill actually finished his career with a higher field goal percentage than steph curry so he said it who's the real winner here anywho uh steph steph set the record went on to have a pretty forgettable night after that uh cool moment it was fine whatever i didn't i didn't get super emotional out of it uh about it outside of the fact that uh he is probably going to make another thousand or so threes before the end of his career which is is pretty insane uh the warriors uh didn't really race out to a big lead. You would have thought that they would have had a lot of momentum, a lot of life, but maybe, maybe all that excitement took some of the juice out of them because the Knicks, despite missing Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett, and their, their newest best player, Quentin Grimes, were able to stick with Golden State in the first half. And then the third quarter is, is really what sunk the Knicks because Julius Randle came out and was, was pretty amazing scoring 11 points in the first nine or so minutes of the third quarter over that same stretch. The rest of the Knicks shot 0 for 10 from the field. Uh, made one field goal cumulatively, which was uh, not 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 what you'd like, and it just it felt like a team that was lacking for bodies to some extent. Alec Burks was was particularly bad on both ends of the floor um, and played 39 minutes despite that, and it makes sense because the dude just had a baby on on Sunday, but the Knicks absolutely needed him. Tibbs Tibbs probably gave him the call and said, "Hey man, it's 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 do or die. Our season's sort of on the line. We've lost six or seven games." Uh, we need you. We need you to come and play. And Burks fought valiantly, did his best, was chasing Steph Curry around all night, was trying to make something happen on offense. But after probably not sleeping for two days and again having to run around after Steph, just didn't really have any legs. 
and, and could not hit a shot to save his life. Derrick Rose scored 10 points in the first quarter, was spectacular early on. Then just seemed like he ran out of energy, and I, I feel like this is a situation where a lot has been put on him the last couple of games, more so than you'd want, right? Like Rose is, at this point in his career, certainly best, I think, playing about 23 to 27 minutes a night. And then for those really big games, you you pull out, you, you, let, him, you let him like kind of take the reins off for lack of a better term. And, and you let him go hard. You let him play a full night. Um, but the Knicks have done that repeatedly with, with a bunch of guys out and, and sort of hitting desperation mode at the point guard spot. Rose actually got the the start in this game. And uh, I think, I think we're seeing the inevitable results of that where a guy who is arguably the Knicks best player just cannot do it over uh, big minutes, but let's, let, let's circle to the headliner. Uh, Julius Randle, who had his best offensive game, at least in a very long time, 31 points, seven boards, three assists, two steals, did have four turnovers, did have five fouls, had, had some of his usual issues um, defensively, particularly in transition defense, not getting all the way back. Um, but as we'll get into the next segment, those were, those were sort of team wide. And I would argue more than made up for it on the offensive end and, and gave the Knicks, I mean, some, some of his points came in what was functionally garbage time where the Knicks like couldn't get it much closer than eight or nine down the stretch of the fourth quarter. Um, but he was still, uh, I mean, he still, he still made the shots, right? And it was, it was sort of uh, a hodgepodge of the elements of Julius Randle's game that have made him great uh, last season and and very good at at points this season. So he opened the game. This was a cool. This was cool. That was uh, this was a cool set drawn up by Tibbs. Um, Evan Fournier just threw it into Randall in the post. Um, Randall like kind of did a little dribble handoff to Fournier. Uh, pivoted and like kind of like reverse spinned in a way that sealed the defender. Fournier threw him like a nifty little bounce pass. Um, I think Randall was supposed to have a layup off of that, but the Warriors helped off of Nerlens Noel, who was it was just in the general vicinity for some reason. Randall shuffled it over to Noel, who made a short jumper. So fun, fun start to the game. Um, I like that he was going right at Draymond Green. Uh, Draymond did a really good job on Randall. I mean, as you would as you would guess for the most part, and like Draymond is is essentially the perfect defender for Julius Randall. He's like strong enough and thick enough to not get bullied by him, quick enough to stick with him, smart enough to not fall for the pump fakes. But as the game went on, Randall started finding ways to uh, to work around him, right? One, one play going like threw him for a layup and then had this like really nice reverse pivot spin move to get all the way to the rim for a bucket. Uh, then got going with the fadeaway. He, he hit one that was, it was almost Dirk-esque. It wasn't on one foot, but he had, it, it's sort of the same. Um, I, I want to like almost stand up and do it. It was, it was sort of like here, uh, my camera will be out of frame, but a horizontal tilt on the shot. Um, that's, you see, that's, that's the benefit of, of watching on YouTube. You, no one will know what I did if you're just listening. Um, but that was, that was a cool little play. Um, hit a three off of like a nice pass from Derek Rose. Um, and that was, that was his final points of the third quarter. Um, had a nasty, like little, like double pump banker, um, and then kicked off the next sequence of the game, drove to the rim, uh, spun into what was basically a triple team kick out to Kevin Knox. We made the extra pass to Emmanuel quickly, who drove it and then kicked it to Burks for one of the two threes that he made all game. Um, Randall finished off his night with a little step back over Steph Curry. Um, just a just a nice shot. Um, yeah, so I was I mean, look, obviously, ideally, you would get this Julius Randall every single night. Um, but for once, I, I agreed with the TNT broadcasters where it was just sort of startling to see his lack of help. And it, it gave you it gave you a little bit of perspective as a Knicks fan on, and, and like for me, certainly like a guy who like anyone who's listened knows has been like ripping Randall um, across the board the last few games and the, the last few pods, like this dude just, just desperately needs some help. And at a certain point you can, I can feel a little bit of sympathy for like when he has these defensive breakdowns, because it has to be 
so frustrating offensively. And I, I've, I've said this a lot. I think he's really made as, as much as I've criticized his defense. I think he's really made an effort over and over and over again to make the right play offensively. And sometimes that leads to him overthinking and, and hesitating and, and, and not being as aggressive as you want it to be. Sometimes that leads to him being too aggressive, but it's clear his intentions are good. He's trying to make the right decision. And for the most part, he does. And a lot of times, just because of where the Knicks are at right now, it doesn't always pay off. These guys aren't making shots, but I thought this was about all you could hope for from Julius Randle, a fantastic effort on a on a tough night for the New York Knicks. Um, I want to circle around and talk about the team defense a little bit because I thought there were pretty significant issues on that end of the floor, as, as there have been uh, recently quite a bit. Um, and then we will get to the other players, including Deuce McBride, who got his first significant playing time of the season and looked pretty darn good doing it. But first, before we do any of that, I have to tell you about one of our newest, one of our best sponsors, one of the ones I'm most excited about to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, in Stance. Um, so Stance was founded in 2009. Stance Apparel represents a radical re-envision of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic, along with some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression, because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They have a lot of cool options. The Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, the Goonies, Star Wars. I, I, I'm considering, I haven't fully gone all in on, on holiday presents yet. I think I'm going to get myself some office socks. They also have Harry Potter, another another thing I'm a big fan of. Disney, Marvel, love Marvel. Major League Baseball, NBA, you can get some Knicks socks, and Pixar. Um, so I'm I'm into all of those. I think I think Harry Potter or the office will ultimately be what I go with when I, when I order my first pair of stance socks stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. And with that, we are back on the locked on Knicks podcast. Thank you so much for making locked on Knicks your first listen today and every day. All right, so let's let's talk defense a little bit. Because the Knicks, um, statistically, we're like holding war holding the Warriors to 105 points is fine on paper. Uh, Steph missed some shots that he would normally make. I think you can argue that was canceled out by uh, Andrew Wiggins going three for six from three, and Nemanja Bielitsa just absolutely torching the Knicks. 14 points, four boards, four assists, and I thought Bielitsa is is where the Knicks had the most breakdowns. And I want to I want to be generous here, and I want to be clear that a lot of the breakdowns involve Steph Curry, right? And Steph Curry, I mean, that is his genius as a basketball player. He is a human breakdown generator because two defenders essentially always have to go with him to ensure he's not getting a wide open three. He is as good as anyone in NBA history at those sling passes back against the grain um, to take advantage of a defense that is tilted his direction. And when he throws those passes, it is four on three automatically. And if the other Warriors, which they've got a lot of players who are really good at this, pass the ball well and move the ball correctly, you have a situation where you're probably giving up an open three-pointer. And that is what happened a whole lot on the day with Bielitsa. Um, so I'll I'll just go kind of player by player and talk through the issues. Randall, I, was men- I already mentioned there at times, he didn't get back in transition. Derek Rose, I didn't notice anything in particular. Evan Fournier had issues with Andrew Wiggins on the interior. Um, and then just, um, just like general, like laziness with Evan Fournier, right? Like, uh, this was in the KFS newsletter. I thought it was, it was a great play to pull out. He, he had one where he did initial, a great job showing 
on his guy and was sort of in a two-on-one situation that scrambled over the corner to cover the three ball bounced off the side of the rim. And he just, he just kind of walks to get the rebound resulted in a warrior's offensive rebound, kick out Steph three ball. And that is how the warriors kill you. Right. And that, that's every player in the league knows it. That's how the warriors have killed teams for nine years now or so eight, nine years. Um, it, it's those broken plays and you have to be, you just have to be sharp against them defensively, right? Because there's going to be plays where, where Steph does two or three crossovers in a row, hits a step back, and there's not there's nothing you can do about that, right? There's there's not really a solution there. But on the plays where you force a miss and the ball is within your grasp, you have to find a way to get it. Because in those scramble situations, Curry is is again as good or better than anyone in NBA history of finding some room and hitting an open three off of them. And those those are the shots that kill you. Those are the ways you ultimately lose a game. You, you lose a game by nine points. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a third of the final margin right there. So uh, so big issue for Evan Fournier, who uh, I guess we can maybe talk about a little bit more later, but was by and large uh, a corpse out there tonight again. And uh, probably should have ceded some time to either Deuce McBride or um, Kevin Knox, uh, both of whom didn't play a lot. Emmanuel Quickly, someone who... I rarely critique defensively, right? And I feel, I always feel weird talking about defense because I, except for the times where like, I'm lucky enough to have a chance to rewatch the game before recording the podcast, you don't get to see everything defensively watching live, right? Like as much as you can, you pause, you rewind, you go back, you you try and you try and catch the nuances of it, but it, it's really difficult unless you're, you're a far greater basketball mind than myself, which there, there are many out there. Um, some of whom have podcasts, if you want to check them out, um, but um, it, it's very, very hard to see who is actually at fault because you'll see something live and you'll be like, oh, okay, Nerland should have gotten out on that screen. And you'll be watching and be like, no, he had, he had two players to cover there, right? Like that was actually uh, Evan Fournier should have rotated over from the opposite side. So I don't like to pick apart individual defense. And I'm probably I'm probably more prone in general to catching someone like Fournier's mistakes, which are obvious, and someone like Quickly's mistakes, which are usually like a little bit more subtle. Um, but he had he had a number of them in this one, like a, a play where he just inexplicably helped on a Draymond Green drive, where I can't remember if it was Julius Randle or someone else covering Draymond, but he like whoever got it was on him and not that Draymond is fantastic attacking open space, but as a one-on-one driver, he's not particularly dynamic. He's certainly not someone you have to help on if if the defender is not beat instead quickly shuffled all the way over to him. Draymond made the easy pass out to the perimeter, uh, wide open three. Um, and then had another one, um, on Bielitsa where he, um, where he just, he just missed the rotation. Right. And it was, it was a play where he had like, he had to anticipate that a double team was going to the corner and he just had to get out to the left. I think it was the left wing um, and just just did not do it in time. And th- and that's so often the issue with the Knicks this year. Right. It's just it's it's three or four guys do their job and, and one guy breaks the chain. And the the issue with correcting that for Tibbs is it feels like it's always someone different who, who doesn't make the final rotation. If, if it was like I mean, like we've, we've crapped on Evan Fournier all year. We've crapped on Randall all year. If it was those guys every time it would be and it, it's those guys a lot of the time. But if it was those guys every single time, it would be pretty obvious what you had to do if you were Tom Thibodeau and just say, all right, we got to, we got to bench them until that gets cleaned up. Like regardless of, of even, even if it's, even if it's Julius Randall, the issue is it's, is it's like, it's a different person and you cannot bench the entire team as much as I'm sure Tibbs would want to at, at different points. So that I think to me that, that is uh, very frustrating. Uh, Mitchell Robinson um, didn't play a whole lot tonight and it might've been because he, he made this play. Um, just gave up a wide open three to Nemanja Bielitsa because he like kind of inexplicably went way under the sc- way under on a screen. I guess he was expecting a switch. And, and again, here's, here's the hard part to judge it. Maybe Tibbs 
told Mitch that he was supposed to switch in that situation, but I, I don't, I don't think he would given that Bielitsa doesn't really have like the foot speed to like consistently like kill you off the dribble and someone like Mitch should be able to recover on him. So I, I assume Tibbs would have told him to just jump out on that screen. And instead Mitch went way under, didn't really show any fight and Bielitsa. I mean, it's, it's a site that we've gotten pretty used to, right? Eastern European centers bombing threes in Mitch's face as he fails to move quickly enough to get out on them. Um, I thought a mixed bag for Deuce McBride on the defensive end of the floor, right? Had had some moments where he played like really, really good one-on-one defense, uh, nearly uh, forced a, a shot clock violation on uh, Jordan Poole. Um, got a really, got a couple of really nice rebounds, like showed really good fight on loose ball. Um, but also, also made like a couple of rookie mistakes. He got caught up on an Andre Iguodala screen. That play I thought was more so on Alec Burks, who probably should have switched it because it led to a layup for, um, Deuce's man, Damian Lee. But again, that that's the type of play that might've been on Deuce. Um, then had another play where he, he just overhelped on the baseline, right? Like someone was, I think it might've been pool. It was, was sort of doing the Nash dribble where you, you just, you circle around the baseline and there were already two defenders on him and Deuce comes over from the corner. I think probably just trying to trap him, but pool did a good job anticipating it, threw it over Deuce's head one pass later, wide open three pointer for the warriors. And, and that was, that was a big separator in the fourth quarter and then had another player who was guarding Jordan Poole and he did what, what Deuce McBride does. And that's, that's apply uh ball pressure way out to half court and just try and harass someone and bully someone. And in college basketball, even in summer league, he, he was pretty dominant doing that, right? Like there are just, aren't a lot of people on earth who are ready for his combination of size and quickness and, and hands and, and tenacity. Um, but there are the, the people on earth who, who are ready for it are, starting NBA guards like Jordan Poole and, and Poole sort of looked at him kind of scoffed, crossed him over, got, got by him to the rim and, and got fouled. Um, also had another play where uh, Steph went right by him for a layup. And then to me, that was just, it, I almost smiled at it because it was sort of um, uh, like his welcome to the league moment. And it was, all right, you're going to apply pressure way out on Steph Curry. He's going to get a step on you. He's savvy enough to keep you on his hip and he's going to get a wide open layup. And that's just, that's just what Steph Curry does. So you don't, you don't apply ball pressure that high out on Steph Curry. If you are a, rookie all right that is it for segment two we will uh we'll bounce around again we'll talk a little offense uh i just wanted to try something a little bit different on this episode um but first let me tell you guys all about bet online before uh wow i'm even previewing the previews now that's that's next level stuff as a podcaster we'll, we'll talk a little bit about built bar but first bet online has you covered all season for more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this year so head to our new update desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And we also wanted to tell you about Built Bar this holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. 
Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Bilt Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Your friends with Santa will tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings with so much flavor, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, with that, we are back. Third and final segment on Locked on Knicks. Uh, let's, who do we want to start with? You see, I'm, I'm, I'm used to having another person to talk to and, and there's no one, there's no one to drive, to drive the wheel now. And I'm, I'm left to my own devices and that's, that's not a good thing for, for anyone, but, uh, let's, uh, hmm. Derek Rose, a uh, great start in this game. Again, tough finish. Already mentioned him. Fournier, uh, 29 minutes, uh, one for five from the field. Oh, for four from three, one rebound, no assists, no steals, one block. And the one block was on the first defensive possession of the game. It went right back to Andrew Wiggins. And then he proceeded to, to hit a little push shot. So it didn't end up in much. Um, I think we, we've said it a whole bunch of times, especially when Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett are healthy. I think it is, it is clearly time to bench Evan Fournier, uh, not, not to mothball him like Kemba Walker, but to give him a chance with the bench unit and see playing a role, see if playing a role more similar to what he did in Orlando could potentially benefit him and turn him into a higher level player. Um, that's, that's all I've got on Evan Fournier, right? We, we've said it all at this point. There's not, there's only so much you can complain about. Nerlens Noel, I thought sort of a weird game for him, right? Three points, seven boards, three blocks, three offensive rebounds. Uh, I thought he looked healthier than he has all season, right? And I, I, this was one of the first things I wrote down. It just seemed like he was moving with greater ease. And that would be a very big deal for the Knicks because this is someone who was one of the best defensive players in the NBA a year ago by by uh, box plus minus. He was the number one defensive player in the NBA last year. If I remember correctly, it wasn't it wasn't even particularly close. Um, and this year, he's someone who's, I would argue, has been average to below average at the center position. Maybe not disastrous, but certainly not impactful and someone who has been disastrous on the offensive end of the floor. It's been a total non-entity basically just sits there taking up room, making life harder for, for Julius Randle and whoever else um, has any interest in getting to the rim. Um, but I thought again, a lot more active, um, but also, um, and, and, and again, did a great job offensive rebounding, but he made some like pretty crucial mistakes defensively in this one, right? Um, had a play where I don't know if this was on him. He switched on to Jordan Poole in transition. That might have been just a situation where there was no one else in the vicinity to cover. And he ended up allowing Kevon Looney to run straight to the rim for a dunk. That might have been on another Nick. Maybe, maybe that was a scramble situation. So I don't I don't know if that was on him. Uh multiple times I noted where he was jogging back in transition. And there they weren't always plays where he would have made the difference, but it was just pretty stark when it's his man, when, it, when it's Kevon Looney streaking down the floor, catching the pass, and you you pan over, and New Orleans Noel is like moving like a seventy year old on a treadmill. Um, so that that was unfortunate. Um, that happened multiple times. Um, and then had another play where he he fell asleep on, on a Looney off ball screen and just just conceded a wide open layup. So mixed bag for New Orleans Noel, but good to see him moving a little bit better. Alec Bricks, I already mentioned. I think I want to wipe the slate clean on this one. This was a guy playing two days after um, he had a son. 
Um, so congratulations to Alec Burks. That is, that is all I will say there. Um, Deuce McBride, right? This is we're, we're burying the lead 20 minutes, eight points, four boards, one assist. Uh, it was great to finally see him get some substantial action. And he had two plays that made you go, whoa, right? Two, two different, um, off the dribble threes, uh, the literally like the, I think the first or second time he touched the ball, um, just, just dribbled into a step back in the corner. And it's one of those plays that just, I mean, it tells you this guy has all the swagger in the world, zero lack of confidence on Steph Curry's night at MSG. He said, look, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'll show you some three point shooting. So that was, that was great. Um, two different times where he got a rebound, pushed the ball and set up Kevin Knox. The first one, fantastic box out drove just straight up the middle of the court, threaded the needle on a pass to Knox, who proceeded to miss the dunk, but a great play. Fourth quarter, uh, again, battles for a rebound, tips it out to Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson hands it right back to him, speeds up the court, handoff to Knox, did something that you don't see a lot of Knicks guards do very often, where he he kind of pivoted as he did the handoff to set a screen as he was giving the ball to Knox. Knox rose, drained the wide-open shot, um, and just, it's, it's those, those give a shit plays, right. For lack of a better term, uh, that you want to see increasingly often from the Knicks. And we just, we don't, we don't always get enough of. So that was, that was fantastic. Um, I already mentioned the, the welcome to the league moments also missed a, a, a couple of other threes only ended up shooting, uh, three for eight, um, had one layup that would have been insane. It was basically, it was like an MJ play. Like he was palming the ball, faked the pass, got right by his man. And then hung, took some contact and just couldn't quite finish it over Draymond Green, who's one of the one of the bodies in the NBA. You don't really want to take a bump from, right? That's going to dislodge you a little bit. But it was it was a cool it was a cool attempt. I already mentioned the defensive issues with him, but really really excited to start from Deuce McBride. And again, as I've I've been arguing the last few weeks, um, in the interest of making the Knicks more fun, in the interest of making the Knicks more interesting, I would love to see Deuce McBride in the rotation if you can. Swing it. Uh, Kevin Knox, another solid game for him. I wish he'd played more than 20 minutes, nine points and seven boards in 20 minutes, two for four from the field, two for three from three, three for four from the foul line. Again, would have gotten into double digits if he hadn't missed that dunk in transition. Um, I can't say I completely paid attention to his defense, so there might have been some massive issues there that I was missing. But overall, good level of activity. The shot continues to look good. Um, There was a report from that we we didn't mention the pod from uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic that teams have inquired about Knox and just are not really sure what the Knicks gauge of him is. I mean, the Knicks have seemingly made it pretty clear that he is an afterthought, but if he continues to play well, again, I mean, Evan Fournier isn't, isn't really doing anything. I would, I would continue to give him a chance. See what you have in Kevin Knox before you trade him. And if nothing else, you're, you're building up his value uh, for that, for that potential trade. And maybe you get a little something other than a second round pick, or you get a higher second round pick for Kevin Knox, if he continues to do well. All right. That is everyone. So, oh, oh, Emmanuel quickly. I almost forgot. Uh, another uh, mixed bag for Emmanuel quickly. Uh, shot horribly. Three for 12, two for nine, 12 points, three assists, five fouls, two turnovers. Uh, two of those threes, I know I'm an, I'm an Emmanuel quickly apologist. I got called out for it on Twitter. Two of those threes were at the end of a shot clock. So if you want to look at it like three for 10, two for seven, Still not great uh, for Emmanuel quickly, right? Um, he had a tough night. Also through, we mentioned the defensive issues, also through a really bad lob to Mitchell Robinson. Um, did have one really nice three ball where he had like, it was a crossover into a step back. Um, made that really nice pass that I already mentioned to Kevin Knox. 
uh, another play I loved, um, or two other plays I loved. He went right into the body of Damian Lee, like as the shot clock was winding down, uh, took the contact, hit him from an and one. Again, that's just showing the improved core strength and upper body strength that he has this season. Another play, late fourth quarter, blow by, um, into the lane, cross court hook pass on an absolute uh, frozen rope to Kevin Knox. It hit him right in the chest. Knox ended up missing that shot, but it was it was a great play for quickly. The shot has to come around, though, for him to be the guy that we all know he can be and the guy we all want him to be. So that is it for this edition of the Locked on Knicks podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. And uh, we will, um, no game tomorrow, but hopefully we will have something for you by tomorrow night, if not Thursday morning. Until next time, or I guess Friday morning. Until next time, be good. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, stay tuned for more Locked on Knicks.